the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. And we are live with the Combat Cast. It's the man they call David. Shevin Rooney. Before we get started, I want you to tell everybody what we got coming up. All right, April 2nd, we're going to be going back to our signature segment, the 531, Greatest MMA Personalities of All Time. April 9th, we're going to be previewing UFC 273, that's Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie. April 16th is going to be a preview of UFC Fight Night, Luke versus Muhammad 2. So we got some good stuff coming up. Chevy, we are coming off one of the most exciting Fight Night cards of all time. It was funny we had Sean on here last week with his debut. And we talked about how excited we were for this fight night card. Over-delivered, I thought. Absolutely, absolutely. One of the best of all time, for sure. I took notes on some of the stuff that I want to talk about today. And I thought, rather than just a main card, let's talk about everybody who actually got finishes. Because that was the big thing. Like, every first time, too, nine bonuses. So everybody got a finish on this card. And no particular order, the heavyweight contest that was on the undercard. Sergio Polovich, he takes Samu Akabanaba. I totally fucked that up. Sergio. Shamil. <laughs> yeah, Shamil. Shamil, yeah. yeah. Sergio, based- Sergi, though. Pavlik. Pavlik. Yeah, he is a yeah. giant Russian dude. Yes, 15 and 1. He has only lost in the UFC was to Overeem. It was his UFC debut, too. I wonder if he had the jitters and he got caught because this guy's got 12 first round knockouts, too. I mean, Overeem is a tough right. UFC debut for sure. Yeah. I mean, arguably the greatest heavyweight striker of all time. Jamil and Sergey, they used to be training partners, too. Oh. So they were, they were talking about it on the broadcast that they would know what each other wanted to do. But 
it looked like they just went in there and, and went to war immediately, and that didn't work out for Shamil. So no, no, they were pretty. They were cool about it afterwards. I saw they were very both great. That makes sense now. I'm thinking the next fight for Sergi could be Ty Burra. I noticed they're right next to each other in the rankings. Mm-hmm. I think Ty might be 11 or 10th, and Sergi's like right behind him. Give this guy a couple fights still here. Let's keep working them up and give him some seasoning. This guy, he could be somebody we're talking about down the road. Yeah, he just needs to be a little bit more active. I think he's only had, you know, two fights in the last few years. So if he can be a little bit more active, you know, he could make a run. I agree. The first fight on the card, I don't know if you got to see this one. I went back and watched it. Mohamed Mokovov. The guy is only after this win seven and oh. Like he's already in the UFC. Seven oh and one UFC debut. And I mean, how do you get much better than that? Yeah, he was being talked up before the fights by, you know, one of my favorite PFL fighters, Brendan Lochnane. We we've talked about him a few times. He's another British guy and he was saying that he was gonna go in and smash his opponent. He did quite well. He did. Yeah, he looked great. He caught an early guillotine. It was really early. It was like a mad scramble. He went right into it, but he got the W and you know, no UFC jitters, right, in front of big fans. So if he was gonna have an issue with that, he doesn't have to worry about it anymore. You got that win out of your way. Now you're seven and zero, and he's a flyweight. That's a super tough division, though. You know, I, I don't even know where to begin, like for his next opponent, because you know you want to take it a little slow, but it's like there's a a lot of experienced guys in that weight class. Right. I don't imagine he'll get a ranked guy next. I think he'll still be fighting an unranked guy. And if he destroys that guy, then you're going to see him, you know, the top 15 fighter. Actually, a guy who's unranked, who's also... Oh, no, no, never mind. That's featherweight. Never mind. We'll get back to that. Another fighter. We both love this guy. He's he's the equivalent of a last-second buzzer shooter. Paul Craig pulls it out all the time. This time was no different. He's getting pieced up, and in the first round, he pulls out another submission. This guy's got the second most submission wins at UFC light heavyweight division right now. Mm-hmm. He wants Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith doesn't seem too excited about that fight. I think he wants a higher-ranked opponent, but I like the fight because Anthony's pretty good on the ground. He's a good striker. Paul is an immediately get-in-your-face kind of guy. Anthony likes to get in your face. Could be a tough matchup for Paul because Anthony is good on the ground and he's got the striking. But I like it. Yeah, I mean, Craig... I mean, he said he was baiting those punches in, but it did look like he got clipped a few times while he was on his back there real hard. But he did snatch that triangle so fast that the guy tapped immediately. I mean, you just have... I I don't know why guys play around with his guard. He's so dangerous off his back. Yeah. So uh, I don't think you're going to see too many people doing that anymore. When he's laying on his back and they have him stacked or whatever, they're just going to back up and make him stand because he has a significant advantage on the ground against most guys. Got seven performances of the night right now. All of yeah. these, most of these are last second. Somebody had the stat. He's like eight and two in fights he's lost. Right. Yeah. Makwan Americani. Actually, I think I got Finland. Yep. three performances of the nights now for this guy. Big win. Submitted him early. Featherweight, tough division. What were your thoughts on this? That one was tough. Emotionally, it was tough because Makwan thought he was fighting for his job. He he had not looked. I think he lost two or three in a row. He hasn't looked like the flying knee first, second of the fight knockout Amir Khani that we're used to. 
mm-hmm. lately. So you could tell he entered the cage with a laser focus. And then obviously Mike Grundy had he had a real sad story. His dad was just diagnosed with terminal lung illness. So he's fighting in front of a huge hometown crowd. He had that. And then he just got caught in that anaconda choke really early. And he's a skilled wrestler too. So it probably hurts a little bit more to be submitted like that tough break for him hopefully he doesn't get cut after that and uh, there's a lot of emotions good win for amir Khani. hopefully he gets back on track he is an exciting fighter so see the smile on my face randy Oscar in the comments if you could fight anyone in ufc who would it be and why i'm not fighting anybody in the ufc <laughs> How, what am i getting paid like right <laughs> Um, Wait, and whoever's going to make me the most money and, you know, knock me out the fastest so I don't have to take a real beating. Francis Nagano, he might yeah. kill you. Right? No, he'll kill me, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I had this one, too. What are your favorite submissions in UFC, Bell- UFC and Bellator? Not going to be able to answer that just yet. I will just say the first thing that comes to mind. Mouse I don't know about trap. you, but mousetrap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's got to be. That German suplex into the armbar combination. Um, I hate John Jones, and I love Leo Machito, but that time he choked him out and then dropped his body, that was pretty dope, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It hurt me to just say that, but and you got Paul Craig who's pulling out last second submission too all the time. Right. Continue with this card. Now we'll get to the main card. Tapora. <laughs> what a showing, man. He was getting peace the fuck up right here. He was like a huge yeah. fan. And Jai Hebert was like, I don't care. I'm gonna light this guy up. And he was. And then Tapora comes back with a vicious knockout. Like it was brutal. Yes, scary. The way he crumbled and hit the mat, it looked like he died. Yeah. You know, his we'll eyes were like, kind of, yeah, that was the first one of the night that yes. looked like they died. He got up and walked out on his own, though, so that, that was good. But he hit the ground, his, his eyes were rolled back in his head. Good job for Ilya for fighting through some adversity. Mm-hmm. Had a good Probably call enough. out of Patty Pimblet afterwards. But he, he was definitely getting pieced up in that fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was. And it'd be an interesting fight. Talk about that as go on. Let's see. Molly McCann. Well, that was the next fight. She's got a fight at night now, performance at night. This was an interesting fight, too, because she started off, like, on fire. And she I thought she was going to, like, totally gas out because she just went off for it. And then she did it again. And the girl that she was fighting, she was hanging tough. And she was throwing some good kicks and stuff once in a while. And I'm like, you know, like, I don't know if this is a done deal. And, like, I really thought that girl's toughness and, you know, the different strikes she was pulling out. Luana Carolina. I thought she she definitely had some good Muay Thai skills. Yes. But then she just ate that back elbow. And Molly kind of just threw it, too. And, oh, my God. That was a scare. To me, that was the scariest knockout I saw. Like, I thought, like, it was a while before she was moving. And I was worried about her. They didn't even show her. Like, they didn't show her at all afterwards. They, they didn't show her leaving the cage. They didn't talk about her until the broadcast was over. I, I know on the post show they said, oh, yeah, we should tell you guys that, you know, she's got she left the cage on her own and, you know, she's at the hospital. She's OK. But yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if DSC just put a trap door in the cage and they just, you know, open it, drop <laughs> her body in it. You know, I was thinking about this from Molly because I don't think she's in the top 15. Macy Barber, I think, who's coming off a loss is like number 14 right now. Realistically. I kind of like that yeah, stylistically, yeah. that's a great fight. Yeah, I think they bring in a chance for Molly to maybe get in that top 15. And good on her if you can get her in the top 15. And then you have, like, she's already got this, like, great following there in Europe. I mean, I don't know. Might be the next 
good fight to make. Gunnar Nelson on the main card. He's one of the few people who didn't get the finish. But I'll just say this about Gunnar. It's been a long time. It was a dominant performance. He got the W. Good to see him back. And at welterweight, hey, maybe he could possibly stylistically. I like to see him kind of maybe fight one of the welterweights that are fighting this weekend. Maybe Matt Brown or Brian Bam Bam because those guys like to bring it. And yeah. he's got the wrestling and karate stance. I just think there's an interesting matchup there. Yeah, I thought... Gunner probably should have finished Sato in this fight. He had his back for basically the entire fight. But I think that is a credit to Sato's grappling defense because he was doing all the right things to protect his neck. He was. Yeah, maybe Gunner should have, you know, been more aggressive and tried to get to mount or something like that. But he just kept that body triangle locked on him and, and kept his back the whole time. I mean, he got the win, didn't get hurt. So can't yeah. be too upset with his performance for sure. But I did I did think, you know, with all that great positioning, mm-hmm. probably should have got the finish. But we'll, we'll cut him a break. He hasn't been in there in a while. He did look great overall sato's a tough guy so yeah i, I think barbarina or uh, matt brown would be a good yeah. next fight for him start the show patty pimlet never heard of him <laughs> this guy man i don't know still like what to expect out of his ufc run because he got caught a couple times in his first fight but not to this level you know but like you could tell like he got a couple shots but he was exciting he won and then here he got floored almost immediately. Vargas was like seriously focused and determined to not let any of this stuff get him. I thought immediately Sean had called it. I'm like, uh oh, you know, but not, it wasn't like because Patty, like Vargas just went right up to him and then, you know, clocked him. But Patty, so much better on the ground, like you had talked about. Like once he was able to turn it around and get his wrestling in, it was a different level. And he was so much better. He hooked that submission in, basically, no issues at all. I think I can see why you do the Tapura fight next because it's that built-in story. But since they're both such good prospects, I can see why maybe you don't want to kill that yet. Maybe yeah. give both these guys another fights and maybe they keep winning and maybe we lead to that somewhere. Right. I don't think we're going to see that fight. The UFC doesn't want that fight. First of all, Patty's walkout was amazing. I love how much the crowd was into it. He get He's into the crowd and everything he's dancing around but i love the fact that as soon as he gets in the cage immediately as soon as he locks eyes on vargas it was all business laser focused and he was ready to fight he did get clipped like you said that's two times in two fights which is you know a little bit worrying but you know grappling is really his strong suit we haven't i don't think vargas really put his best foot forward um when it came to the grappling uh, i thought he made a lot of mistakes that are beneath his level for sure made it a little bit easier on patty but patty did what he needed to do he locked in the submission got it and the crowd went nuts for that i'm not sure what the next fight for patty is it's gonna be another fight where they're gonna build him you know mm-hmm. i think we're gonna see very much the sean o'malley route that the ufc is taking i think they learned not to push their stars too fast and you know you you waste all all your investment in them so i think he's gonna get proper matchups and i don't think tapura is a good matchup for him because he's just gonna try to get on top of him and control him on the ground that's not good for either guy yeah Uh, patty looked good i'm excited to see his next fight for sure he's great on the mic We'll, we'll see what's next for him i do hope this ends up being a rivalry though that like it continues and then at some point when they're further both down the line yeah yeah further down the line and both have invested and become kind of stars because i'd love to see it i mean tapura's got potential star too 12 and 0's got a hell of a chin can go in there knock people out good on the ground and pinboy we 
obviously has star quality. So I think do it down the road. I'll answer this question here. We got, what do you think about Paige Van Zandt doing both AEW and MMA? I think Paige's best bet at this point in her career is to probably do something like pro wrestling. She just hasn't really had a lot of success in her last couple of MMA fights, bare knuckles. I'm not saying she can't, but I think like got a star quality. Why not do something like a pro wrestling? I don't care. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> She's probably making like a billion dollars off her OnlyFans and, mm. you know, Instagram yeah. sponsorships or whatever. So, so she, just fun. she doesn't need to do it. Yeah, she can do whatever she wants. Yeah. I agree, though. Don't get punched in the face. I mean, neither neither job is easy on your body for sure. So I, I wouldn't do either if I was her. But at least someone's not intentionally trying to hurt you in wrestling. So if you have to do one, I guess. Yeah. Well, what's that guy? Big E or whatever just broke his uh, neck. Well, Tell yeah. him. <laughs> So, yeah, how many many MMA fighters have broken necks? I mean, there's definitely some, but. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'll advise her to do a low-risk impact style. Arnold Allen, this might have been the most impressive performance overall. I want to bring this up. I was listening to Anik and Florian. They were talking about this. They were wondering, in retrospect, the fights that Hooker had with Felder and Poirier, basically back-to-back. One he won with Felder and one he lost with Poirier, but five rounds each. War. Did those take its toll on him? We don't know that yet. You know, he's been a featherweight before, but, you know, he's been fighting at lightweight. He's a big lightweight. I don't want to take away from what Arnold Allen did either. He was super impressive, but it is something to think about going forward. I I wonder, you know, Hooker's had a rough year. I I don't want to see him get cut. I hope he gets a shot, and I hope he gets a another fighter. And you know, like Dana said afterwards, he came, he made weight, he came to fight. It was just Arnold Allen looked like another level here. I like Allen called out Calvin Cater. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great fight. And I think if he wins that one, you play out however, you know, what happens at Volkanovski and Zombie. And then, but I this kid could be one or two fights away from a title shot. Yeah, as far as Allen goes, yeah, I agree with that. If he if he demolishes Cater, I mean, that's very jam-packed up at the top there. It'll depend on if the zombie wins. If the zombie wins, then I bet Max gets a shot at him. If Volkanovski wins, then maybe you bypass Max. We, we could see Allen or something. You still got Yair up there as someone to fight, too. If the Cater timeline doesn't match up, I'd like to see Allen versus Yair as well. As far as Dan Hooker goes, I read somewhere that he said his weight cut was awful so obviously that's gonna have a difference i don't think he's finished i don't think he's like chinny or anything like that he's just fought motherfuckers you know like he fought poirier he fought makachev like he fought chandler those are just i think people need to understand like those are the top of the top guys so Actually, this was only his second loss in a row. He lost to Porter in a five-round war. He got caught by Chandler. Then he beat Maserat Hapasat there. Yep. And then he got submitted by Makachev, but that guy has been on fire. And then he got caught by Arnold. So, yeah, I mean, he's probably not in danger of getting cut, and he's just had a really bunch of tough fights. I guess maybe for him, maybe you do want to stick it out at lightweight, though. Maybe if that featherweight cut is that. Or you want to at least find, you know, maybe see what was the issue at featherweight. Right. What concerned me was his reaction once he got 
caught. We all know Hooker's super tough, especially after that Barbosa fight. Like, he took a beating like I've never seen anyone take a beating in the octagon before. We know how tough he is, but he has been working on his wrestling. He showed that against Nazrat. Yeah. And when he got clipped, he just stood there and covered up. He didn't move his feet. He didn't shoot for a takedown. He just continued to take damage because he really got clipped a couple times and then recovered and then got clipped again. And he hurt Arnold Allen at one point, too, and he couldn't capitalize on it. I, I really think if he had shot for a takedown or or he could have moved his feet a little bit more, he could have survived and maybe got his wits about him. You know, maybe the fight finishes, you know, a few seconds later than what it did. But I'm not, I'm not sure if maybe that's some brain fog from a bad weight cut. Maybe he just got clipped and he was or, barely there. You know, he's just acting on instinct. But right. And adrenaline. And, you know, yeah. like, all right, let's throw it down. He is that kind of guy. And like, yeah. let's bite on our mouthpiece and go at it. So, yeah. Well, hopefully he can get rid of that instinct because that's not going to benefit him in the long yeah. run or the short run because it's not going to help him win fights and it's not going to help his longevity in the sport or his health and life later on. So I think he just needs to take some time off. He was talking about how he's been away from his family due to, you know, COVID restrictions or whatever and New Zealand being locked, locked, locked down. I think he's just been away from his family for so long. You know, you don't need to be the Cowboy Cerrone guy you know just take some time off go home you know collect yourself spend some time with your family train with your team figure out your next move i i, I think he's still got it at lightweight I, I don't think he needs to make that cut to featherweight if he had a bad cut i'd say you say okay i can't do that one anymore and you just stay at lightweight and and go from there i don't yeah. think he's gonna get cut from the ufc though they know that he's had a tough go he got clipped by chandler you know Makachev's mm -hmm. destroying everyone. Yeah. Strength of schedule is amazing for Dan Hooker. It really is. Let's talk about his main event a little bit. Last week, I wanted to be a little different, and I went with the experience of Volkanovski. And I have to tell you, as the week was going on, I started, started thinking about the athleticism of Tom Aspinall and everything like that. And I was wondering if I made the wrong pick. I did not see this fight going this way still. <laughs> because even when I thought Tom might win, I didn't expect this performance. This was easy. It Like, he looked like... He didn't have a problem with any of the striking. He got in with no issue. And then he basically just took him to the ground at will, too. Unbelievable performance. Super impressed. Submission armbar victory. Oh, was that a TKO, actually? No. Armbar. It was a straight armbar. It was a straight armbar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it looked like Volkanovski's elbow popped when he put him in that armbar, too. Right. right. At some point, so, yeah. This guy's got nine KOs. This is only his third sub. I don't like his. But all finishes. 12-2. and two. So, 5-0 and oh in the UFC. I don't know, man. I love this call to tie to Avasa. I think that's a great fight for him. Mm -hmm. If you gave him Stipe, I wouldn't have a huge issue with that either. Like, I think, and he wants to take it slow, too. Like, he's not in a hurry to, like, fight for that world title yet. He wants to get another fight or two underneath, which I think is so smart. Yeah, I think he's just as capable of any heavyweight right now. Like, that was a hell of a performance. Yeah, I said going into the fight that I thought he was just going to be too fast for Volkanovski. And he, that's basically what the issue was, his athleticism. That slip of that Volkov punch, and then he shot him in and took him down, was perfectly executed. It was amazing. It just looked like Volkov had nothing for him anywhere. Volkov was getting a few body kicks off early, but they didn't seem like they were bothering Espinal at all. He, I think he's going to be a problem, for real. I think you're right, maybe, and he's right. 
he needs a couple more fights before he's at the level to fight for the title but so far looked amazing i i was worried that the moment might be a little too big for him you know being the headliner and the O2 and having to follow all those finishes and, yeah. and that Arnold Allen fight. Uh, he showed that he could feed off that energy for sure and put it to his advantage. And he certainly did that. He looked great. I think you're right. The tie to Avasa call out was a good call out. I'd like to see that fight for sure. And I think he gives Ty problems matchup wise. Mm-hmm. I think he's a lot faster than Ty too. Ty does get hit. He's tough to knock out for sure, but. I think if anyone can do it, Aspinall is going to be there to be able to hit him a couple times before Ty can hit him. So one thing Ty impressed me in his last outing was his clinch game when he did. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, like he's definitely shown different levels and stuff to his game. I'm really impressed with Ty right now as an overall all around fighter. Yeah, I got Tom all day, but Ty does bring that as, you know, like say that eraser. So, you know, he can end those mistakes at any time. I think that you might also see Tom fight the winner of this week's card. Possibly yes, too. I want to talk about that. Yeah, I thought about that too. I'll throw this out there real quick. Randy said uh, Gable, we talked about Gable Stevenson, won another national championship. Looking forward to his run in WWE. I wanted to bring that up because actually I would not be surprised if someday Gable takes the Brock Lesnar route, meaning like he's building a name for himself right now. And he's a guy that he's so good at wrestling. I could see him wanting to get into combat sports at some point in his career career that being said i could also see him making a lot of money in wwe and when lesnar got into the heavyweight division it was a much different division mma is constantly evolving so we'll see i'm a little like as a wrestling fan i'm happy but as an mma fan like man i would have liked to seen what gable could have done right he has the highest level skills you know i'm a little bit sad that he chose that path but also I'm not because I want the guy to succeed. I think it would be tough even with the wrestling skills he has. He probably has no striking, no jujitsu. So if someone got him on his back, he's going to have no answer. Um, I I don't want to see another Greg Hardy-esque one-dimensional kind of person. So if he, I mean, the demands of the WWE are going to be tremendous, (laughs) but if if he can get on that Brock Lesnar schedule where he only wrestles twice mm-hmm. a year or whatever, and he can take the other 10 months of the year to work on jujitsu and striking for a few years. Yeah, that'd be great. I'll tell you a story though. Rumor has it that while he was, he decided to stay in school to go for his second national championship. They sent him a ring for WWE to work on. And he's been working on taking his bums and learning how to acclimate to pro wrestling. Why still doing this brutal wrestling? Yeah. So he's got the work ethic. Like I think, you know, to be an Olympian, to do all this stuff and win these national championships, it's just, that's a different level of work ethic. Let's get to this fight night card. Before we get into the main card, I don't know if there's a couple fights you want to talk about. Like, I did not get a chance to look at the prelims, and I'm just looking at it now, and I saw Neil Magny versus Max Griffin and Sarah McMahon versus Carol Rosa. I think those are a couple interesting fights right there. Yeah, the Neil Magny-Max Griffin fight, I think, could be fight of the night, perhaps. I I think they're very evenly matched. They're both super well-rounded guys, too, and both have good gas tanks. So I I think that that has a possibility of being very back-and-forth you know, full three rounds war. I'm looking at Magny's won like four out of his last five. 
and Griffin's won like three in a row. So Magni called out Chimaev. Oh, he's the one that. Yeah. yeah, I know. So like, they, he's not afraid of anyone. So he's not. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll go into the first fight. This is actually one I'd missed under my radar too when I was preparing. I was a little retired today, guys. Mark Dukasis versus oh boy, <laughs> Dukasis versus Boroshev. My man, <laughs> how do you see this going? Dukasis lost five of his last seven, but he he's fought like the top tier guys. He fought Drakkar Closa. He fought. Dan Hooker, Hack Brass, he fought Fazeev. Yes. Borshev, he's from the Contender Series, but he's only 6-1. and one. Okay. So I think I'm going to go with DeCasey. I think he's just going to outpoint him. He's just going to uh, show his experience. He is a great kickboxer, so I think he's going to be able to stay away from getting knocked out. So I think he's just going to outpoint him for a decision. I think it'll be a tough fight. I think both guys are going to get beat up a bit. Yeah, I'm looking at it now a little bit here, too. I'll, I'll go with big fight experience. I, do, I did see the KC. His last fight was... He did lose to a guy named Rafael Alves that I did not recognize, but the guy's like 20 and 10. He had a lot of yeah. fights. Then we got Leo Latifi versus Alexi Oyanik at heavyweight. Interesting fight. Oyanik, I always love to talk about this. His record is 59 wins, 16 losses, and one draw. This guy is he has the- like 48 submissions or something. Um, yeah, he's, he's the first fighter in UFC history to win with an Ezekiel choke, and he's done it twice now. He is on a three-fight losing streak. He is aging. And then you got Latifi, who's 15-8-1. Don't be fooled by that record. He got into the UFC very early, too. He's had a performance of the night once, but I was looking at this. He's tied with Anthony Johnson and Olsmere for most light heavyweight stoppage victories in less than a minute. <laughs> so, he's a powerful guy. He's built like yeah. a bowling ball. Yeah. He's like 5'8". Exactly in the heavyweight division you know so yeah it's a good fight for latifi i like latifi in this just because oinik's getting older and he's not very fast and like he latifi has that power and he's not going to be outmatched size by that much oinik has a chance if this goes to the ground latifi's um, never been submitted so yeah i'll go with latifi then i'll say i'll even go first round stoppage because i think oinik is He's had three losses in a row right now, too. And I just feel like this might be his time. We'll see. Yeah, I think he's going to play it safe in the first round. And he'll get a second round knockout. Okay. With Latifi also. Only because he's never been submitted. So hopefully both guys grappling cancels each other out. And we get a striking match for heavyweight. Well, you had mentioned earlier about Griffin and Magny possibly fighting tonight at welterweight. Another welterweight fight just could be fighting tonight. Matt Brown and Brian Bam Bam Barbarina. Barbarina is 16 and 8. 10 knockouts, 4 subs, only 2 decisions. Fighting tonight like 3 times. So this guy likes the bang. Then we got Matt Brown. <clears throat> Don't let this record fool you too. Kind of experience, 23 and 18, fighting a night three times, performance of the night three times, knockout of the night once because he's an older fighter, he's been around. Most knockout wins in UFC welterweight division, tied with Belfort for second most knockouts in UFC history, most finishes in UFC welterweight division history, and most fights in the UFC welterweight division. He's coming off a KO win over Diego Lima. Brown is a guy who's getting up there, but it just he's a fight. Like he'll say, he's a fight nerd. He loves this stuff. He's constantly working on things. I'm going to go with youth here, but I would not be shocked if Brown pulls it off. And I'm rooting for Brown, by the way. I'm biased. I love this guy. But Barbarina, I like him too. And he is the younger fighter. I think it's going to be a war. I think they're going to go swinging. So I'll got, I got Barbarino. I'm going to go with a round two TKO. I think both fighters will be in trouble at different times, though. Yeah, for my notes, I just wrote war. 
as well. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I'm having a hard time making a pick because I really think this is just going to be back and forth, and whoever's lights go out first is going to be yeah. the one that loses. Both guys are going to be bloodied by the end of the fight, I'm sure. I do like both guys, but as Matt Brown gets older, I'd like to see him get a win and then retire. I don't think right. he thinks he's ready to retire, but I don't want to see the decline of Matt Brown. So hopefully he gets a win and then he decides to just hang him up. I'm with you. Yeah. I got in my head. I'm picking Barbarino, but like, I, yeah, I like Brown. I, I think we skipped the fight though. Uh, let's we see. Askar at. Okay. I have that next. America's most trusted news source Wikipedia has that coming up after that. Okay. <laughs> so Kai Kai France and Askar Askinov, flyweight France, 23, 9 and 1, fighting night twice, performance of night twice. He's coming off a TKO win over Cody, no love Garbrandt. That was Cody coming down to flyweight, but nonetheless, a big name win under Kai's belt. Kai was in the uh, Ultimate Fighter Tournament where they had all the champions. So he's been a regional champion before. And then we got Askar Askinov. This guy is 14-0-1 with that one draw being a split draw with Brandon Moreno. And his last three wins have been over Benavides, Alexander Patejo, and Tim Elliott. So this guy's resume already is looking tremendous. I think he's got to be the favorite. Yeah. I don't know what the UFC is doing to Kai Car France. They're like, hey, great knockout. You, you look like you have some potential. Here's this guy that's probably going to destroy you now. I think it's a tough fight for Kai. Mm -hmm. Although I... I do think he has legitimate skills. I think matchup-wise, this is just a tough fight for him. Askarov is a motherfucker that people don't really know about. I think people are sleeping on him. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to get it done, but Kaikar France is tough. So I'm going to say probably by decision. I'm going to say that the winner of this, too, is probably if they do Moreno and Figueroa again, the winner of this could meet the winner of that. Like, this could have title application. So that could be why Kai is getting this fight right now. Because with Askarov only having that draw to Moreno and being undefeated and beating everybody else that he's beating up, mm -hmm. like, this guy definitely sees like he could be a title contender. Yeah, that could be. Then we got Joanne Calderwood, or is it just Joanne Wood now, actually? She she married her coach. Uh, she went from Calderwood to just Wood. Wood, yeah, I see that. All right. Joanne Wood, 15 and 7. Kickboxing, 19 and 2, by the way. I was looking at that up. She's a great kickboxer. She is on a two fight losing streak, three out of her last four against Alexa Grasso, who's 13 and 3, two fight win streak. And one of her losses was to Carl Esparaza, who's fighting Barza, for the. Yeah. And Tatiana Suarez, right? So she's only lost to like the top of the top. Right. And that loss to Esparza was a fight of the night loss, too. So competitive. So I kind of like Grasso here. Yeah, me too. I'm a huge fan of JoJo Calderwood. I do. So I think she's like 35 or 36 now. She does seem like she's slowed down a little bit. I think the progression of the division is just passed her by a little bit at this point. Alexa Grasso is the future. She's looked phenomenal. I think she's going to finish JoJo as much as it pains me to say. I think she's going to finish her. She's going to be too fast for her. I'm going to say second round TKO. Okay, I like it. Yeah, and then I'll I wouldn't be surprised if she fights one more fight after this and then and then gets a title shot after that, maybe. You know, either way. And then she gets beat up by Shevchenko. Shevchenko, yeah. yeah, you can't. There's no touching her. Then we got main event, Chris Dukakis, 12-4, 11 knockouts, performance tonight three times, Curtis Blades, 15-3-1. Curtis Blades, arguably the best wrestler in the heavyweight division. He's I, I would say that inarguable i would say he's definitely the best wrestler in the division it's interesting they both have a loss to Derek lewis 
in the sense that both these guys can get caught. All right, but it's heavyweight. Derek Lewis, like he's Derek yeah, Lewis. Right. So yeah. Also, Blades was beating Derek Lewis's ass before he got caught with that uppercut. So yeah, I mean, classic Blade, Derek Lewis fashion. Though that's what he does. Blades had that. Uh, he was beating Nagano the first time they met too, and then got caught. Yeah, he, he, that was a doctor stoppage. Right? He just had a bad cut. Right. If you Second look, one, at he the- just got really he got clipped early and got knocked out. But the first one was a doctor stoppage. If you look at this loss. Blades has only been caught. Like yeah, he only he, loses I, to super heavy-handed fighters. Right. He's like, he, and he has stoppage victories too over Oynick, over Reem. He had brutal elbows. Oh, over oh yeah. yeah, yeah. His ground and pound is tremendous, and his wrestling's so good. He gets on top of you and postures up. You're in big trouble. He did TKO Junior Dos Santos once too. Like, and he actually brought it to him. Yeah, I actually, I think he's got better hands than he gives himself credit for sometimes. Like, if you look at that Dos Santos fight, he looks like he was just getting ready to wrestle. But he let his hands fly. But I mean, he is so good at wrestling. You can't I blame think, the guy. Yeah, I think that frees him up. His people are so worried about the takedown that they're not prepared for him to, you know, throw strikes. I think that leaves them a little bit more open. So that's great for him. If you're the UFC, Blade's kind of a pain in the ass because, like, his style isn't always the most fan-friendly. And, like... Yes and no. Because if he gets people to the ground, he could do what he did to Overeem. Like, you can't tell me that's not exciting. The only problem is if it ends up in a clinch war on the cage and he can't get the takedown, then it turns into the most boring fight of all time where he's just holding people up against the cage because he's willing to just stay in that position to get the win he doesn't care about entertaining the fans he's trying to get paid so now like i'm just thinking like if he wins that's a tough matchup for tom out of all the fighters that we talked about it's tough for everyone yeah, it is. but yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, it's tough for everyone. You know, who's great off their back? Because right. that's where you're going to end up being. You have to either be very good in the clinch or very good off your back or be Francis Ngannou to have a great chance against Blades. I, I don't know anyone who's in the heavyweight division who's great off their back. I mean, Ty showed some skills in the clinch, like you said, but I don't like his chances against Blades really either. I mean, I think... I think Blades has all the makings of being a champion. I think he, if he, it really came down to that second Francis fight. If he didn't get clipped super early in that fight, he could have been the champion. He would have beat Francis and then he would have fought Stipe or whatever. And I think Stipe is a very good matchup against Blades because of his wrestling. A John Jones or a Stipe, somebody has to have good enough wrestling to stop those takedowns or at least contest the takedowns. They're the only people I see right now doing great against Blades. H my IQ with some comments or Aspinall would beat Blades. I'm not saying he won't, but I just think it's the toughest matchup because of the wrestling. Although I will say this, Aspinall got that takedown very easy. That's not, you know, that's not the same as taking Blades down, obviously. I'd like to see that now I'm kind of, the more we talk about it, I think I kind of want to see that fight. I guess we both think Blades gets it done this weekend, though. Yeah. I, I definitely think he does. It's five heavyweight, though. Decision. No, I don't think it's a five-round decision. I think if he yeah. gets him down, he's going to finish him, you know, fairly quickly. But if he can't get him down, you know, he, he goes for a couple takedowns and Dawkins stops him. Third takedown, he's going to get caught with something because Dawkins hits very hard as well. So Right. Yeah, as long that's, I think, Dawkins' best shot is just clipping him. He says his combos would keep Blades honest, and he has a grappling background. We're talking about uh, Aspinall? Yeah, absolutely. Blades needs to watch out for Dawkins' jiu-jitsu on the ground. Yeah, maybe. I don't think it's going to matter. The, the Aspinall stuff has me interested because of his grappling background. Dukakis, hey, we'll see how that jiu-jitsu game is. I think Blades is so good that 
on the ground, that that won't be a factor when they get there. I'm trying to think. Have you have you had any other heavyweights with good jiu-jitsu, though? For new? Yeah. I tend to think that the wrestler's going to overcome the uh, jiu-jitsu guy. There's a shirt I think Abib used to wear. That's a Sambo like, thing, though. Yeah, like yeah. Sambo. Like, if Sambo was easy. easy, it'd be called jiu-jitsu, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love jiu-jitsu, but yeah. I, I just think you just have more control over your opponent with wrestling. I mean, Gets on top, it's going to be trouble for Dawkins. Blades is kind of coming to with his shoots for takedowns. That's my only worry. That is true. He did. Yeah. He does not hide his shots very well. So that's why yeah. he's been clipped by Derek and Francis mm-hmm. because they they can time him coming in. They catch him. I think Aspinall would be a tougher matchup because oh, of yeah. his footwork and hand speed. Mm-hmm. Dawkins is very powerful, but he's not quite as quick. Yeah. Volkanovski, though, who Blades had just beaten, too. Volkov? Volkov, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Volkov, I mean, he's a good striker, but clearly, like, you know, he didn't time those out, you know? Yeah. Okay, so this one, are you going with Blades, TKO, you got a round? I'm going to say round two. Round I think two. they're going to feel each other out in the first round. That's that's kind of the heavyweight thing. They either go to war immediately or the first round, they just take off. Okay. I got round three. I think Blades gets it done. And maybe we do get that Aspinall uh, match. I like Dawkins, so I, I'm fine if he wins for sure. Yeah, Blades by decision. If Dawkins wins, I say he's definitely going to get a matchup with an Aspinall or somebody like that because he's almost stylistically, he's a real good fight. And if you want to keep him at, you know, Tom as a star and give him some more seasoning, like you want a guy like Dawkins to win. We'll see what happens. Either way, I think most of this card is an exciting, exciting card this weekend. I think we're lucky to get another card like this. We haven't had like this level of fight nights, I think, but back to back, this this fight night has a lot of promise too. It'll be tough to follow up that oh, London card, yeah. but it is a good fight night card, yes. Yeah, definitely. And case my people one final comment. That's when I told Danny he wants to fight two in England in fall. I did hear the Thai Vasa We were talking about that in England. Oh man, that'd be insane. Unless you get yeah, you get Pinwood and Molly back on that card too. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. Check what you tell people we got coming up one more time. All right, April second, we have a, another five three one greatest MMA personalities of all time. So get your list in for that. And April 9th, we're going to be previewing UFC two seventy three Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie. And then the week after, April sixteenth, we will be previewing UFC Fight Night Luke versus Muhammad two. All right, sounds like a lot of fun. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you. We'll see you at the fights. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 